with another edition of What About Wrestling. This no, nope. View from the top rope. Damn it! It's okay. Run it back. Run it back. Sorry. Well, we can. We'll just keep. I'll just cut this out. We'll fade in, and so start again. And we're back. This podcast is scheduled for one fall with a 60-minute time limit. I'm your boy, Xander Hobbs, and this is... Robert Bobby B. Thanks for being here. And this is View from the Top Rope. What's going on? Man, I think the first thing we have to talk about is we have to give um, props, respects, uh, thoughts and prayers to everyone. Harley Race, uh, a legend among uh, wrestlers and a legend among men. Uh, Xander, tell us a little bit about him. What he meant to the meant to the game. Well, Harley Race is one of the your OG badass wrestlers. The guy was double tough. He was um, he a great wrestler. He was an actual guy that he lived. It wasn't even a gimmick. He was who he was. And um, the for, unfortunately, I only got to see him through the tail end. You know, I mean, and I saw some matches here and there. But it's just like I just know from my dad and my grandpa talking. The guy was the real deal. And um, just a funny story, real quick, from what I remember is like um, I remember Bruce Pritchard telling a story about Harley Race so when a new wrestler would come in you'd see wrestlers you know when you come into a locker room you shake hands with everyone and Harley would be in the corner smoking a cigarette and so the guy would be like hey Mr. Race how's it going nice to meet you we have a match tonight and Harley Race would go what's your finisher kid and then the guy would go oh this is a da 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 and he'd go I'll move, and then he'd take another drag off his cigarette. It's another. It's just one of those tremendous things, and it's just like the guy knew everything. And then, as you can see from everything on the Twitter machine, we lost a heavy hitter. So we just want to give our um, pair of condolences and pay our respects to him and his family. We lost a true legend, and you are up there with all the greats. So, Godspeed, Harley Race. Yes, indeed, Godspeed, Harley Race. Um, it's been another crazy week in the pro wrestling world. Uh, lots of content, lots of happenings. Um, like always, we got to start with the the behemoth. Uh, a lot of stuff was going down on in, in WWE. They and got good stuff for once. Good, good stuff, stuff indeed. Yeah, good stuff. Um, they're re- I think they're really succeeding in uh, the build up towards SummerSlam. Right. I feel SummerSlam could be the show of the year. Um, WrestleMania had its high points, but this card at SummerSlam is looking pretty nice. But yeah. be- before we get there, though, we had a bunch of stuff. So um, one thing I'm going to start it off. I watched uh, parts of Smackville. Um, kind of an interesting uh, Saturday night. Not really a pay per view. Kind of just a, a treat for those of us who have the WWE Network. Um, it was cool though. It was like it. It was like having cameras at a house show, like right. metal tables, like steel barriers. Just a little bit different than we're used to on the big the big promotions. Really enjoyed the Elias uh, Kevin Owens segment because. Frankly, Kevin Owens can do no wrong in my eyes. I think Elias is is his gimmick is cool. I thought it works it works well. Um, obviously, the the main event of the three the three matches was the Kofi Kingston. He went over which in is, a great match, in a great match. Um, and then the thing is with this uh, Smackville thing, I didn't watch it, but I read I um, saw the highlights and stuff like that, and everything seemed to be good. Like, um, not, uh, didn't Nakamura wrestle? I he heard was he, the other he, match. He did a good match with Ali. I mean, those two guys can't have a bad match and um it's just con- in conflicting styles i thought it was i thought i can imagine it was really good and um yeah i mean it was a, it, it's they're they're making moves in the right direction i think 
Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, I'll claim it here. I imagine in the not-too-distant future, we're going to see a lot more of these shorter, more concise programs trying to capture viewers who can't invest three hours on a Monday night, three hours on a Tuesday night, then you got a pay-per-view. And, um, you know, it, it was good. It was very, it was, uh, it was a fun Saturday night. I watched it while my daughter was sleeping, caught those parts when she was napping. So I enjoyed it. Um, and then we run straight into Raw. Coming off Raw Reunion, they obviously, you know, one of the stories is they took a bump, a downward bump in viewership. But honestly, the viewers who didn't tune in, they're just, they're a bunch of old people who want to right. watch old people. And then, and on, to be honest with you, Helen Keller could have seen the down in the viewership coming. The thing is, though, what they made up for it in the down viewership was, the, was for the most part, there was some good, there was a lot of high points, more high points than down points, in my opinion, just because those high points were very high. And um, we're going to start with, um, you know, the, uh, the OC. Uh, we have new tag team champions, right? But. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, um, you know, I guess now we don't even need to really break it up to Raw and SmackDown. No, we don't. They're all on both They're shows. They're on both shows, so it doesn't even matter. There is no brand it difference. Matter. So, yeah, definitely OC domination. You know, it, again, uh, the IWC. Plenty. I loved it. Uh, a lot of really good Finn Balor memes. Yeah. Because, like... Yeah, his, you know, we know his connection to the Bullet Club. The other thing I really enjoyed um, was the fact there was a lot of um, memes kind of bringing up the Shield from their past glory. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Shield holds a candle to the Bullet Club. Not at all. Not at all. It was good to see people being active in it. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. I'm a big AJ Styles fan. Love to see, you know, this iteration of the club doing their thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, I I was talking on the message board before um, Raw, and I was just like, you know what? I, I... it was the it was the match between the Usos, the uh, Revival, and obviously the OC. And I was like, I wouldn't. I say like, I would love to see the OC get those titles because they know they haven't been doing a goddamn thing since they've been on the roster. And they won the mat. The, they won the belts in a great match. They won clean, and it, every every single team did their due diligence in that. And it was I was very impressed with that match. Yeah, and it's funny because you watch it on Monday night, but we don't know what's going to happen on Tuesday night. No, no, no. But what happened on Tuesday night was the Samoans. Summit, well, which hold on for a second because we got to just talk about real quick. We have to talk about this beatdown. Okay, I was saving that for, saving that for right. the end. But okay, no, cool. okay, we, but I just it's it's it was very it's very impactful. So that's a figure I figured why we would just um start with that. If you want to save it till the end, we can. Uh, it just it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, I'd like to talk about the Simone Summit Let's because okay. I think it feeds in. Obviously, Let's who was that. involved in the in mm-hmm. the brouhaha with the with the Simone Summit was obviously yeah. the OC. Yeah, and AJ Styles. Right. And um, so I thought that the end was uh it was a good chaotic brawl it kind of heightened everything the storyline we, we kind of want to know where it's going to go uh, i would have liked to seen the heels come on on top of that beat down because it's like they jumped reigns and they jumped the usos in the back and then all of a sudden you know we had super reigns come out and you know four superman punches and a spear later everything's done and it's just like you know i know where this is going i know i know where it's happening i will wait to see what's going on but the thing is you know there has to be there has to be things to get the viewer to want to watch more. And I think when you always have the, the baby faces or the good guys standing tall at the end, it's, it doesn't give you any any um, 
any way to like want to watch the next week. I mean, I'm going to watch. Bobby's going to watch. But it's just like it's not it's, if you if the OC and everybody and Samoa Joe beat those guys down and they stood tall, that would have been cool leaving the leaving Raw like that. That's just my opinion, though. I agree. I agree, especially with um, you know, the. Uh, just Samoa Joe, he's a killer, he's a beast, but he seems to always come up on the short end of the stick. He always loses, so, and it's just like, how are you supposed to invest in anyone that is always losing? The thing right. is, the, the thing is, your baby face is only as good as the heel he's wrestling and vice versa. Right. And the thing is, if you're, look at, I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I kind of know how it goes, and it's just like, if the if the Lannisters were always losing to the, to the Snows, or whatever those people are, like, what, who why would you tune in? It's just like you have to have you. You we know that the good guys are going to win at the end. We know that, but it's just like you have to have back and forth because that's what makes it intriguing. You know what I mean? You go, oh my god, there, there maybe there's not a chance that these guys win. But with the WWE lately, it's just always we have to send the crowd home happy, and it's like fuck the crowd because I remember when I was a kid and I would see baby faces get beaten down and I wouldn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, and I would have to say when I wasn't a kid, uh, talk about sending a crowd home home unhappy we all remember when the miz cashed in on the viper with his money in the bank right and Who everybody went home mad everybody especially was mad especially one that poor little, girl. little girl she was pissed and the thing is but that made you tune in because we wanted to see what randy orton was going to do the next night correct right and how smarky and heelish the Miz could go right, the right. next week. So there's something to be said about writing like that. Yeah, but. exactly. And it's a fine line. You want to build, you don't want people, you know, you're trying to build the storyline for SummerSlam. Exactly. You know, you want people to come in strong or weak to set up those storylines. Yeah. But, um, you know, all in all, I would think both nights combined were strong, but probably the most startling, um, noteworthy, newsworthy was the Beast. Oh, that beat down. Uh, beat down. I think, oh, uh, man. Zinner, you can take it away. I'll lead off on this one because we all know, and um, a lot of you that are in the know have been frustrated with the way Seth Rollins has been popping off, you know, on the Twitter machine and everything like that, and, and not being, like, the best PR guy and alienating the fans. And the thing is, it was a very refreshing thing to see Brock Lesnar just beat the dog shit out of him. And to Seth Rollins' credit, he sold it very well. And I loved how when they loaded up in the ambulance and Brock Lesnar stopped the ambulance and came out and continued the beating. Man, the F5s that that um, uh, Seth Rollins took, there's no um, selling that or anything like that. He was actually falling rib first onto those chairs, onto the gurney. He did a great job, Brock did a great job, and that was great because now I'm excited about that match officially from where that went. Yeah, I would agree. You know, it's interesting. I would think something more impactful would be, what if what if Brock Lesnar tossed the ambulance over? Oh. Has that ever been done before? Oh, it has. It oh, was by right. a guy named uh, Braun Strowman, but then now he was tag teaming with the kid, and uh, we all know what happened to him. Yeah, so hopefully they don't they don't book book any of these guys into oblivion, but I agree. It really, um, it raised the stakes. It was a good yeah. storytelling device. Absolutely, um, absolutely. But the interesting part was, you know, we talk about the PG era. We talk about all these different things. We had Vince McMahon and his quarter, uh, second quarter earnings report talk about we're not going to go blood and guts. 
obviously referring to some of the things that AEW has done. But here's Seth Rollins coughing up blood yeah. and the beatdown. And, and it was a very violent beatdown. It was very violent. That wasn't PG at all, I don't think, which is which is fine with me. You know what I mean? But it's just like, it's just, this is, look at, I've said this before on other episodes. It's like, kids watch crazier shit these days, man. And it's just like, I know you have like, you know, your sponsors and stuff that you have to answer to. But like, you are, this is pro wrestling. This is a fake fight. And you are hitting people. You are slamming them. You are hitting them in the head. You know, you're doing all kinds of stuff. So you know what? You just raise the stakes a little bit. And that's fine with me. And that made it for a more compelling storyline, like I said. And let's be honest. We live here on the best coast, the west coast. It goes from 8 to 11. Right. Like, kids aren't watching like the entirety of of raw and to to worry about what how it's affecting that stuff i think is short-sighted um obviously this was a great a great build-up i thought one of the really interesting things about it as we kind of compound these nuances right so vince mcmahon uh obviously makes a very public statement it was in a in an earnings report so it's obviously on the record highly reported on talking about blood and guts um and then Cody Rhodes, AEW, they put out a, basically a promo uh, pumping that tickets went on sale today for their uh, first live show or television show on TNT. And they leaned super far into the blood and guts. Yeah. And it was really telling. He made a really good uh, statement where he said, you know, he kind of he kind of called Vince out, but he really said he's like, every person who's ever stepped in a ring is blood and guts. That's what it takes. And I think, you know, I think that was really a, a, a really uh, definitive line in the sand about where AEW is going to go um, and what where they see themselves in today's market. Um, one of the things that as when we start talking about AEW, though, is we're segueing in again. We're at this point right now. They're built. They're building. The, they're building up to their their next big pay per view, and they're doing it in a really interesting way. And and uh, I think Xander's going to talk about some of those highlights. Yeah, um, it's funny because from from what a lot of people were saying about because they keep going, oh, AEW keeps harping back to like the WWE and Vince Man. It's like here's the thing though, they've had three shows, and you know what I mean. And they have they had like two weeks in between a couple shows, and um, you know you don't have this show and you don't have your TV thing until October. So you have to get people into it. You know what I mean? I'm going to watch it no matter what. But the thing is, you want to have that, you want to have those like proverbial battle lines drawn because, you know, that's what gets people um, into it because they're going to be like, oh, this guy's talking about WDV. I want to see what this is talking about. And it's just like once, if they keep doing that, once the TV show is going and then I'll go, okay, maybe it's time to pump the brakes on that. But as of right now, I think it's a smart business move because it's getting people excited and it's getting people invested. And that's what you have to do, especially in a startup company. Well, and especially when you have some talent that has legitimate beefs who work for that organization they have quite a few people quite a few and so they're expressing themselves and they found an avenue to do that so it's pretty awesome right um this week they've been doing a, uh, you know, obviously the Cody Rhodes promo was was amazing. He can he can cut a sick promo. Obviously, I think he obviously checks all three boxes. Yeah, and uh, he's coming more into his own as like a businessman and uh, taking note because I don't see him like I know he's going to be wrestling a lot, but like you know he's going to be obviously taking more of the Triple H role into like producing and like you know being like the guy that um, calls the shots and stuff like that, which is good. But like Cody Rhodes is doing a fine job right now I think just being like the guy that's the focal point of the company and um, just gra- just garnering people in and get gathering people around to show you what an alternative
narrative based um, wrestling promotion can do. Yeah, yeah, but it's interesting. So he is, uh, you know, he's kind of the face of the company right now, although you could also argue that uh, Chris Jericho, he's out in front as well. But uh, super interesting booking that Cody Rhodes set up for himself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about that? Oh, with I him mean, and Sammy Guevara? Yeah. I think that's cool because it's going to showcase Sammy, who not many people know who he is. Like, I, you know, um, he's I know who he is because I watch wrestling. Can, but he, can he run? Is it going to be yeah. like, can he and Cody Rhodes make a great they match? Can make, I think they'll make a good match because Cody, if Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes can have a good match with anyone, in my opinion. And, you know, this is going to showcase what Sammy Guevara can do. And I think Sammy, like, they're doing it the right way because it's like Cody could have easily went and go, oh, I'm going to have that match with, um, Hangman or Chris Jericho and it's just like that's something that's just like you want to promote these young guys because you have your guys like Rhodes and Jericho and stuff like that they're already established but guys like Guevara and uh, Jungle Boy and uh, Luchasaurus and um, MJF and uh, you could go down the line these are guys that are, have not tapped the um the uh, the mark the the more marketable sense of the business, and um, they need to be focused on more because this is how you build a company. It's just like Triple H and Chris and Chris Jericho back in the day, and The Rock. They when WCW was beating them, they were not like the focal points quite yet, and they were built on. And that's what you have to do. I'm not saying these guys are going to be those guys I mentioned, but this is how you build our guys from the ground up. Yeah, definitely. And then it's fun too. Like I I think Cody Rhodes takes it. Seriously. Seriously, but it doesn't take it too seriously, right? right? Exactly, exactly. I mean, he's got fun things. He's putting his dog on his tie. Yeah. You know, just cool things like that. I think it, it brings people in. It makes it real. You definitely get the sense that they really care about what they're doing. Yeah, and that's what matters the most because it's like when you're – especially when you're in the creative business, regardless of pro wrestling, musicianship, artwork, it's just like if you are not into what you're doing, not only do are you just half-assing it, but the crowd can see that you're half Fasting it, and the crowd can tell. Even if they don't really know what you're doing, they can tell that you're into it, and that's what the most important part is: is getting the crowd invested in you. Yeah, exactly. And one thing that AEW is going to have is they're going to have a packed house. On it's sold out. 2nd, it's sold out. Capital One Arena, Washington yeah. D.C. It's sold out in the first day. Fourteen thousand people. That's I mean, not a bad shot. And uh, again, if you were on the Twitter machine. People were struggling to get their tickets. Yeah, yeah. Ticketmaster was struggling to, to, to handle the traffic. Yeah. So that's a really... That's a good sign. That's a good sign. And honestly, it's a good sign for WWE too. Well, because it's, like I said, because obviously WWE has been stepping up their game a little bit. And so this is the start because they have to step up their game because if not, people are going to... More viewers are going to not watch WWE and they're going to go to the alternative. But I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm just saying, if you don't... Set, this is good. This is, like I always keep saying, this is good for the fans and this is good for exactly. the business like if, if you follow us on twitter it's a vf ttr podcast um on the twitter machine uh we definitely said that uh you know rising tide raises all boats this is good for everybody yeah. it's good for new japan it's good if you're into impact or if you're into triple a if you're into all these different things the better the the better the product is from everybody everybody gets better and it's and more it's work for, for the wrestlers too so it's just like there's more work for the wrestlers that can go so this is a good time this is a really good time yeah and you talk about a wrestler who just did some work uh bad boy Janela wrestled in I think it's the Americana Ron uh, but he did a 60 minute Ironman match 
Bobby Starr. Um, I, you know, I was aware of aware of the production, but you know, it's tough. Again, there's so much content, uh, but. When the Twitter machine exploded over over this match, uh, I think the thing that really caught my attention was the man took a smoke break in the middle of his wrestling match, um, which is gangster. Um, but it, you know, it was great to see sixty minute Iron Man match. We don't see those. So we don't much see anymore, it a lot. We don't see it a lot. But it made me think and made me ask, what are the best? Iron Man matches, the most memorable Iron Man matches um, in, you know, professional wrestling. I mean, there's there's quite a few, and it's just like, obviously, the one that's going to come up to a lot of people's minds is the Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels match at uh, WrestleMania 1996. I mean, that was cool, because I liked that match, because there wasn't a, there was no pinfall toward the whole 60 minutes, and it went to overtime, and that's where Shawn Michaels pretty much got the flag passed to him. Um, but other than that, you know, we couldn't go down the line if we want to keep it on the WWE umbrella for a minute we had Bailey versus Sasha Banks at NXT TakeOver 2015 that one was awesome because not only was it a good match wrestling wise but you had the emotional investment as Sasha Banks was a super heel she was antagonizing one of Bailey's fans and um, the end of the match went you know it went the match that match went back and forth but the end of the match saw Bailey um, trap Sasha Banks in a, uh, I feel like in a cross face but she had, she had her wrapped around and she was elbowing Sasha in the face until she submitted which was cool because you never saw that intensity of Bailey because Bailey's always that happy-go-lucky I'm here for the fans I'm happy to be here and she just turned it up a notch really good like I when I watched that match the first time I ran it back and watched it the second time we also had um AJ Styles versus Christopher Daniels those guys never have a bad match and they're on the list twice because they're on the list for Bound for Glory 05 and then they're also on the list for Against All Odds in 05 as well right and, and you could honestly probably put those two one two uh, most yeah. likely you know depending on who you're asking if if you are a WWE fan obviously you know Kurt Angle Brock Lesnar yeah. we're talking about legit like they could have fought in real life and it would have yeah. been super and interesting that was, and that like, was during Brock Lesnar's original run which was in 03 and before so, Kurt Angle was washed up yeah, so. and then so Kurt Angle is also on the list again with Samoa Joe at Final Resolution in 07. That one was a barn burner as well. And then, you know, we had AJ Styles and Bobby Roode, Randy Orton and John Cena at Bragging Rights 09. That was a good one. And, you know... Um, if you want to get the Hall of Famers involved again. Exactly. The Rock and Triple H. Judgment Day 2000. Great. So it's Both just, of them absolute primes. Yeah. Maybe on the gas. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know, and, what, and that, I don't know that, what the testing uh, regiment was back then. Right. But um, I know that about that time you could get the cream in the clear pretty easily. Yep. So we and then, know. Um, and then an honorable mention was uh, Ricky Steamboat and Rick Roode and Bash at the Beach 9. Which was also a good one. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and that's what's cool. It's like um, there's a lot, there's just a lot of cool matches going on, different productions. I think summertime, everyone's ramped up. You're going to be able to get some people in. Schools out, vacations, right. whatever. Exactly. Um, but one of the things nobody really is able to go to, unless you had a trip planned to uh, Japan, is again we've been harping on it the last three weeks. New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, it's super hard to see. We try to catch as much as we can. I think eventually we're going to have to um, we're going to have to invest in 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 the subscription really, yeah. because it is it's so good and we're just we keep missing. Well, we're coming down to the nitty gritty of it because um, as we know that um, John Moxley suffered his first defeat 
And um, so, t- and this, so we are we're in a uh, block. This, so the A block, July thirtieth, was um, we we have Kota Ibushi defeating Bad Luck Fale, Zack Saber Jr. defeated Will Osprey, Okada defeats Lance Archer, Sonata defeats Kenta, and Tanahashi defeated Evil. You know, I got one. I got to say one thing. Um, I really like this Will Osprey guy. Yeah, I know. Man, yeah, uh, Will Osprey is the man, dude. I mean, if I you- think he's gonna—he's still gonna make some noise. Um, the the finale of this is when we have the the Block A versus Block B right, winner. Right. Um, is August twelfth, so we're yeah. not that far away from it. Um, so July 29th, Will Ospreay, the B Block guys, but July 30th, we had the A Block guys going, and that was also had some some uh, good finishes. Right. And like uh, Alexander said, we finally saw John Moxley uh, take a defeat. Yeah, I think he, this is the first defeat John it's, Moxley's it's, taken. It's his first defeat. So he got defeated by Yano. I, um, and then um, Naito defeated Juice Robinson, Jay White defeated Tai Chi, and Goto defeated Ishii. Jeff Cobb also got a win against. Tagagi. Um, so we're down to this right now. So as we know, the numbers in the A block, we have Okada at 12. And um, he's the IWGP heavyweight champion. It's going to be interesting because the IWGP heavyweight champion has never won a G1 Climax. Kenta's at 8, Ibushi's at 8, Tanahashi's at 8. And so pretty much it's like, you know, you know who's going to be coming up. So John- do, do anybody, does any of these guys, like we still see my guy Will Ospreay, he's at 4. We've seen some. Will Ospreay's like- probably not going to win. Right, so so they've got we've got what three four matches left. So probably yeah. you're not going to see these bottom right the bottom guys. And then so on the B block we have Moxley at ten, Robinson at ten, uh, six, Ichii at six, Yano at six, and Naito at six. Goto's at six also. And it's like so it's just you're gonna, we're coming down. It's like we're kind of like um, the cream's kind of rising to the top, and we'll see what happens. I'm thinking Okada might win this whole thing, and they're gonna make it the first ever like uh, chip, uh, chip, IWGP champion that wins the. Um, G1 climax, but we'll see. Right as we stand today, we've got some we've got some things coming up. Obviously, Saturday, August third, uh, A block runs again. Um, it'll be interesting to see how these break out. Um, B block again. We're looking at uh, you know some great great matches. I think one of the curious things we're looking at is if we if we scroll down to further along, it looks like we're going to get on Sunday, August eleventh. Juice Robinson versus John Moxley. I think we've seen that match before. We have. That was Ooh. that was where John Moxley beat him for the U.S. title, and so we're going to get like a rematch of some sorts, which is everybody's kind of. We knew this was going to happen. We knew they were going to make it to go to that, and so it's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, what happens with that. To see if Robinson picks up the win and John Moxley goes down more. I'm interested to see the Tetsuya Naito and Jay White match. That should be pretty cool, and um, Tomohiro Ishii and Taichi should be a good match as well yeah and the the uh the thing i'm kind of eyeballing is so when we went back through the standings moxley stands tall at 10 but who's who's on his heels uh, juice, uh, juice robinson is at six. six so if juice robinson so w- wins this could be so i, I would if juice robinson beats jay white the, the if, Ju- if juice robinson beats jay white and that's on thursday that's, august 8th yeah, before so the moxley match. that's gonna move him up and if moxley loses or moxley's gonna he's waiting to fight robinson you know so we can be we can if juice robinson Robinson wins, so they're like going to be tied for first. It could be, it could be the deciding factor on who yeah, moves on. Who moves on. Yeah. Um, your opinion? Do you think knowing Moxley's going to, is an AEW talent? Do you think they're going to strap him? 
I think what's going to happen, I think when they go to the finals of the, the climax, um, I think I can see it being Okada and um, Okada and Moxley and Okada beating him. You know, say, so that makes Moxley put more eyes on the product with Moxley there. But we're going to we're just going to strap the guy that's the New Japan face right now is Okada. And just, you know, the, the right move would to have Okada win the whole thing. Yeah, I agree. We'll see what happens. But I know they're going to be great matches. Again, it's only nine bucks. I think we're going to make the investment you should too yeah uh it's really really good stuff um the last thing we want to talk about before we take our whiskey break is the bola battle of los angeles we are the 15th annual battle of los angeles we are like i said west coast best coast we're la guys um this is always an awesome promotion great talent great fans hard 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 to get a ticket yeah yeah they it sell is, out in like five minutes it's hard um, to get a one ticket. of the times i tried to get uh, tickets to bola i had two laptops going on my phone going and i had a tablet couldn't get anything no dice and but the thing is it, it's it, it's hard hitting wrestling and it's just like with the names that we have right here just to name a few we've got darby allen we've got Bandito, we got Ray Phoenix, Joey Janela, Brody King, um, Jungle Boy, Ray Oris, um, you know, just down the line. It's just all real Ray Phoenix. It's just all just cre- the creme de la creme of the independence. And right. it's really we're seeing, cool. We're seeing David Starr, uh, yeah. you know, Joey Janela's uh, Iron Man opponent yep. from this last weekend. So um, we really like it. It's a great indie production. Um, pay attention to it, whether it's on the Twitter machine or streaming or however you can. Um, I'm super excited about Darby Allen in it. Me too, um, me too. I feel like Bola really kind of is something that AEP fans of AEW are aware of, sink their teeth into. So anything that can raise kind of his profile, you know, we're here, we're big Darby Allen guys. So we're excited about that. So definitely don't sleep on it. Again, like try to follow it on the Twitter machine or get your info how you can, but we're, we're really excited about that. Yeah, it's uh, September 19th through 20th, or 19th through the 22nd. It's at the Globe Theater in L.A the greatest city on the face of the planet and um you that's know. how that's how we're gonna wrap up the first half so all you jobbers we'll see you in two and we're back again and this is our uh, our second, the second half, second session of our podcast. Uh, we're closing in on the 60-minute time limit, so the action is going to be hot. It's going to be fast. Um, one of the things we always, uh, the second half is always what we call cool shit. Um, it's just basically the things that really kind of really spoke to us throughout the course of the week. Um, some of the stuff is going to be raw related. Some of it's going to be, um, impact related. It's different things we may have talked about already, but really it's, uh, these are the things that really stood out. Um, who done it? Yeah. Who did it? Who um, did do we, it? Cause of, as we know, there was a deal where Roman Reigns was walking around and someone tried to throw down like a scaffolding on him. And I he, guess like, so. Just, he just like, uh, it, it kind of hit him and he just stood up strong and, and nobody knows. Well, what I believe it. he Superman punched he Superman it. Superman punched it. And then and he, he speared it. Did he end it with a spear? That's that's yeah. right. Yeah. But uh, I liked it. it. It was a classic behind the scenes yeah, yeah. WWF slash WWE. Oh, for sure. Yeah. When when a guy's walking, when anybody's walking in the back 
and there's four or five camera angles. Shenanigans <laughs> are going to happen, and they did, and that was cool. Yeah. And uh, they've, you know, one of the things that WWE's done well with this who done it, and I really want to say with the twenty four seven championship is they're kind of getting with these zany little things. Yeah. They're getting kind of, and I like that. I yeah, like they're that. they're engaging the crowd. They're engaging their fans. Right. Um, so there's a whole thing who done it uh, going on on the Twitter machine and the IWC. They're saying it's likewise it's the Daniel Bryan. Well. That's what they're the saying. Rumor, the rumor of Daniel rumor Bryan. I mean, I mean, he can carry Roman Reigns. I mean, the thing is, Roman Reigns is good when he has a match with good people. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, why I'm not excited about this is because who's going to come out from this quote-unquote feud? It's going to be Roman Reigns. Daniel Bryan is going to eat the pins because he's going to eat the pins because he's the heel. But, like, Roman Reigns is we're, – we're coming right back to his booking where they're just supermanning him up. And he's just going to – he's going to beat him. He hasn't lost. The only loss he's had since he's come back from his cancer deal is from by Shane McMahon. So – He's beaten everyone. So it's just like, how are we supposed to even believe that Daniel Bryan's going to catch a win on him? Yeah, uh, but the whodunit thing is cool. There, You know, again, it'll be interesting to see. Right. Yeah. Um, so that was one of the things that I thought was pretty interesting. And like I said, I think it was cool because it really reminded me of classic Old school. wrestling behind the stage shenanigans for sure you know no, I the sneak it. attacks and all this thing especially walking up to the the, the faked interview I mean it was just classic it would have been it cool if they smile. did this it would have been cool if they did this like a month ago not two weeks before SummerSlam but I'm nitpicking so you know don't worry about that right the other really cool thing uh, WWE related is Trish Stratus getting back she, in the she's ring. Getting back in the ring, Woo. and she's going up against another Roman Reigns-ish person, aka Charlotte Flair. So it's just like everyone's like, "Oh, so Charlotte is very skilled. She she's, is, but she doesn't. So who's gonna win this match? Who's Trish Stratus. Yeah, do you think so? Are I you do. kidding me? No, because no. Trish Stratus isn't coming back to lose. But she's not. They, they love to put over Charlotte. They, they they love to put over old people who. Uh, okay, but so. this is this is the only time where I'll agree with putting over Trish Stratus because Charlotte can <laughs> Charlotte. Can can lose for the next 10 years <laughs> and matter. she'll still be bulletproof yeah. so look at everyone's like oh it's the passing of the torch kind of i was like what kind of torch she's a nine-time women's champion she's 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 done the first at everything she doesn't need any more torches no no what she should do is she should uh fire up um a vader and see the art of putting people well, over and the thing is look at that's true and look at this is what i'm saying is like you could this could this rub could have went to someone else in this division because the division only has like a handful of people that we're promoting. We're promoting Charlotte. We're promoting Becky Lynch. We're kind of promoting Bailey. But you have all these other women. Why did? Why not Trish Stratus versus Oscar? That could have been awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean, Oscar needs to rub more than anybody else, and like she's stuck in a tag. Remember when she was a killer? Yeah, I remember. And then barely, she, and barely. then barely, and then she uh, jobbed Charlotte for a ninth title win. So the thing is, look at. This is what I'm talking about, putting veterans up against people. Charlotte does not need this rub, but we're doing it for her anyway because Triple H and Vince McMahon have a hard-on for Ric Flair, which is fine, but it's just like, give me a break. How are you going to build a division? How are you going to get people to care if we're just the only only important person is Charlotte? That's just my two cents. I'm getting kind of hot right now. Yeah, and I mean, you know, if you're worried about your ratings, maybe look at that stuff. How many times do people want to see Charlotte go over? How many times? None. You know, it's becoming like uh, 
the Duke's a hazard. They always escape. They all, <laughs> right. You know, you Boss know, Hog had to get them one time, right? Right, but only in the middle of the episode because yeah. in the end they win. And that's kind of how this is going. Um, I don't like I it. have a lot of respect for Charlotte. She can go in the ring. She's like... But she doesn't need to win this She doesn't need to win, and that's uh, part of the booking aspect of it. But um, it is cool to see Trish Stratus back I would, in the ring. I, I can't wait to see her back. That. I can't wait for the match. And I'm sure the match will be really good. It's going to be good. Um... When we talk about women, though, and we talk about WWE, they're kind of they're kind of dabbling in this intergender wrestling. Yeah. Obviously, Becky Lynch wore the end of days, oh, which great. we thought was great. That was great. Um, Becky Lynch has put her hands on men before. Yeah, we know that. Yeah, um, she. Um, well, the cool thing is uh, just to pot- talk about that. So they did some behind the scenes stuff for her match with Natty. So they were showing um, Fit Finley and Natty training in the ring, and Becky Lynch came in and gave um, Fit Finley a shot to the yam bag and then uh put and then beat up uh natty and put her in the arm bar the uh the disarmor so obviously what they're doing two things they're uh giving heat to the match because now i'm more excited to see it and they're pumping this up because it's in toronto and they want the crowd to be fully invested in natty which is what they're doing a good job with i think because natty is she's great in the ring but she's pretty goddamn boring but yeah but her and, twitter game is good though no, like, i like that she's a nice and, person she, and they're 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 doing a really cool job of building it outside of um, yeah no, outside sure. of the the ring because i'm excited about that because and then when natty um locked uh becky in the sharpshooter on raw that just gave more heat to the match that it was very lukewarm to be honest with you so it's like i'm excited for that match honestly and it's just like i wouldn't mind seeing natty get strapped in toronto but we know that when it's in your like hometown or country that you know that they're not going to really do that you know they're invested in lynch but it's i'm nevertheless i'm excited for that match yeah but i mean like when we think about who's doing intergender wrestling tessa blanchard tessa blanchard god tessa blanchard you know what i would say i would say that that makes an impact it does sure sure does the uh, face of impact women's wrestling tessa blanchard and in my opinion the best women's wrestler that is out right now you know is tessa blanchard like like i said I always talk about checking off all the boxes, and Tessa Blanchard is one of them. And if you don't know who she is, she is the daughter of Tully Blanchard, and Tully Blanchard was one of the original horsemen. And Tessa Blanchard can do it all. She can go in the ring, she's got the look of a star, and she can talk on the mic. And she had a great match with Sammy Callahan, which is just... Wait, fuck. Sammy, Sammy, like woman Sammy? No, a man. Man, a man Sammy. Sammy. Man, man Sammy. Sammy. The, the, um, the, uh, the, uh, the draw, Sammy Callahan, the, the death machine, Sally, Sammy Callahan, if you could, don't know him and it was a great match if um, you haven't seen it do yourself a favor and go ahead and watch their match because it was awesome they both came out with bats it was hard hitting it was um it was uncomfortable at times which was good and it was just great because you can do intergender wrestling because you know how we live in this time where like everybody gets offended by everything and it's just like oh you can't do that and it's just like the thing is this is pro wrestling man and um they put it out and they put they left everything in the ring and you just need to go watch that because i can't i can't do it justice by just explaining it to you yeah and one of the things i love about it is like we've talked a lot about it through the years it's like one of the best one of the things that drew me into pro wrestling is like i was a huge comic book fan and these guys were comic book heroes yeah. like they had these personas and like you look at mick foley who had multiple personas yes. and all these Agreed. different things that's a great and here's the thing wonder woman 
whips up on dudes all the time. Well, and that's, she was an Amazon. But yeah, that's... But yeah. because they are superheroes. Yeah. They're all beyond. That's part of the story, part of the draw, part of what makes it awesome, you know? I agree. Um, so it's really good. I agree. Tessa Blanchard, obviously. Um, Tessa Blanchard, son uh, or daughter of... Tully Blanchard. Who is currently... Sean Spears' manager. That's in AEW. And they're building heat between him and... Cody Rhodes. Because if you know anything about wrestling, the Horsemen and the Rhodes and Dusty Rhodes used to go back and forth. They broke uh, Dusty Rhodes' hand. And they did a lot of unsavory shit to Dusty Rhodes. And so this is awesome. And I'm hoping this is the catalyst of Tessa Blanchard coming to AEW um, when her contract is up at uh, Impact Wrestling. I think it's only a matter of time, which is a nice segue into AEW because what they're doing is they're going to be crowning an inaugural women's champion at their first TV show. So what do you think about that, Bobby? I love it. I think, you know, we've talked about it a lot. Uh, WWE has definitely been uh, progressive with their women's division. They, you know, especially coming out of the the diva era if i guess is what i would call it kind of the the you know the bellas and yeah, more uh, looks more um not so much more form yeah. more form than function yeah really, that, exactly you know and um and and we know it's like when you look at someone like trish stratus there's a lot of women who put a lot on the line to to elevate women's wrestling so uh wd did a lot for it but like AEW is going to come, they're going to come hard and it's going to be really good because it's going to be interesting to see who they strap because it's like, to be completely honest with you, as much as I like AEW their women's division is pretty bare bones right now they don't have that many people, you've got Britt Baker you got Kylie Ray. you have all the Joshis and then you have Brandi Rose and this is like awesome Connor, it's like who do you strap? And the thing is, it's like in my opinion, I run it like, if I was a booker, I would book it like you know, old school wrestling, it's like you need to start off with a heel champion and have the baby face chase you which is i mean if we go back to um to uh fight for the fallen that would be brandy and awesome kong right and it's just like don't strap brandy but i mean and the awesome kong has lost a step but if you strap awesome kong for a little bit and maybe have Britt baker run after her or even kylie ray and it's just like that would make it pretty cool because everybody loves kylie ray she and everybody like, loves Awesome Kong yeah. and appreciates what she brings right. to to the women's wrestling game and her impact. Exactly. I see Britt Baker winning the title just because it's so the it's so thin right now with the women, and it's just like you can't really strap a Joshi right now. So it's just like you you put it on Britt Britt Brit Baker, and then maybe Awesome Kong wins it. I don't know what they were going to do with that. So it's just like it's well that one remains to be seen. I'm just shooting from the hip here. Yeah, yeah, but it's cool because they're really rounding out what they're doing we've got some good singles matches obviously you know what we talked about earlier uh we've talked about it extensively previous weeks their tag team division is stacked they they have so many different options of what they could do when we talk about socal and Censor, one of my personal favorites um the young bucks best tag team yeah. out as xander hobbs has stated yeah. um they will, be res- they will be wrestling the lucha burrs at uh triple mania this weekend so and they're also there's going to be a ladder match with that yeah with them so So, again all cool shit we're super stoked about um speaking of tag teams AEW uh we have a segment called Tweet of the Week the IWC or internet wrestling community is strong and it's strong on the Twitter machine we watch it closely um there's a lot of great stuff but uh early in the week uh Luchasaur Luchasaurus 
he he talked he, about the uh, meteor that like, yeah. that came came to us. So. Yeah, apparently there was a meteor that almost hit Earth about two weeks ago, and nobody knew about it until a couple days before. And as a true dinosaur would, he he prayed to God that it wouldn't happen again. It, it literally <laughs> made me. It makes me laugh out loud now when I'm saying because Luchasaurus is a real dinosaur. He is a real dinosaur, and it was epic. Um, I think a lot of other people probably saw it and loved it. It too. got retweeted like a million times, literally. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was definitely just really good humor, really good owning your character, living the gimmick, yeah, as Taz yeah. would say. Yeah. Um, it was just, really it was just funny. It. it was just a one line. He just said, oh, God, not again. And that's all you needed to do. Exactly. Exactly. It was great. Um, one of our other favorite segments, and I think this one this week is probably one we're most excited yeah, about, we're, we're about, is, this. you know, Part of wrestling is all about the walkout music. The walkout music is the is the uh, announcement of when the talent's coming. It can interrupt a segment. It can create a segment. It can create an atmosphere. Uh, it is part and parcel to professional wrestling. We all know about when the bell tolls, when the glass breaks. Right. Um, or even like, I can even go back in the day as a kid when I would hear Hulk Hogan coming out to Eye of the Tiger and you'd hear that riff. And as a kid, as a six-year-old kid, I get, I'm getting goosebumps telling you about it right now. It would just it would just make me pop so hard. And it's just like, it's, 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 the, um, focal, it's one of the focal points of professional wrestling. It is. Now... Our thing is we should be choosing everybody's walkout music because then it would all be hot, but yeah. we can't do that. So we have a segment. We're going to bring you two, four, six, who knows how many every week. Um, this week, I'm going to lead it off. I talked about him earlier. My walkout music is the song Kickstart My Heart by the one and only Motley Crue. And who's coming out to that? None other than the aerial assassin Will Osprey. Great pick, dude. Great. Pick. I got sucked into a Will Osprey rabbit hole uh, on YouTube. You should all as well. Started with his match with Kenny Omega in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, the pace was insane. It made me tired. I literally had to take a break, use my inhaler. Um, but Robert B's no joke. He came back, watched even more of Will Osprey's matches. When the man's Wikipedia literally says that people are worried about his longevity because of his disregard for his body, um, you know that he's going to need his heart kickstarted. And when he wrestles, it kickstarts my heart. So that's what I say. I can't wait. I'd love to see him come out. When I get high, I get high on speed. And that's a great one. And I was, I was when I um when I got the notes to me, I I saw that and I was just like, damn, I'm not going to top it. And it's not about topping it, but um, it was just going. So for my pick, I was just going to go with, you know, I, I'm going back to back AEW guys. So, you know. I went with Darby Allen, and uh, for him, I have two, and I didn't know which one to pick, but I'm, I'll tell you why. So I went both Marilyn Manson songs. I went with one of them was Antichrist Superstar, the title track off the album, Antichrist Superstar, and the other one I picked for him was Use Your Fist and Not Your Mouth off the album Golden Age of Grotesque. The thing is, I lean more towards Antichrist Superstar because it's more anthemic, and it more and it has more to do with Darby Allen as the character, and um, you'll hear one of the two on our outro song but it's just like I think both of those fit him very well it's like Darby Allen is one of those guys like he's like that um 
guy in the corner that you don't know too much about. But then when you, when he comes out and he does his thing, you pop and you know what he's about. And he just gets, grabs you in the palm of your hand. And like he, the guy, not many people know about him, but I, yeah. my, in my opinion, they will. After, yes. after this and it's just like that's pretty much all I have to say about that because if you don't know any of these songs you should know Motley Crue but if you don't know any of this do yourself a favor hit, hook those up on Spotify and then tell us what you think about it and if you don't agree we don't care because we'll just tell us we, tell us you don't agree and then we'll just bury you again uh, VF TTR podcast on the Twitter machine you know let us know if you got a good pick we'll check it out Probably won't, probably won't make it, but... Yeah, probably won't make it. Most likely it won't. But, you know, just do it anyway. But, uh, you know, blind squirrels find acorns every once in a while, and you may too. And we would, if you've you got a good one, we'll definitely talk about it and feature it. Um, my favorite segment, as always, the finisher. The um, most protected finisher in wrestling now, I would say, is Inside the Ropes with Xander Hobbs. One of the things, obviously, last week, my walkout song featured Shinsei Nakamura. Um, he's one of my favorite wrestlers, and he is known as the king of strong style. So I asked my main man, Xander Hobbs, I said, Xander, what is strong style? And begin. So strong style was pretty much innovated by Antonio Noki, who is one of the forefathers of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So what he did with strong style is like he made it more of a shoot environment. In case you don't know what a shoot is, it made it more real. So instead of like having uh, moves or finishers and stuff, the emphasis was put on realism, strikes, submissions, and not so much on signature moves. It's MMA based, so it was like real and it was brutal. And a lot of the times it ends up being like the guys end up working snug and that means it's like sometimes you get hit and it's just like that's where it's funny thing we brought up Nakamura because when he first started out he was your white meat baby face he was the MMA guy and so he turned heel and he was the king of strong style and he was bringing it back to where it was and so you know, you have Shinsuke Nakamura and you have Katsuri Shibata and Tomohiro Ishii. That's one of the base, best strong style matches. And it's just more, it's it's more real, realistic base instead of like with the pomp and circumstance that you have of um, professional wrestling that's normal. So, and then um, on top of that, it's just, it's more on like submissions and things like that. So that's what strong style wrestling is. Yeah, and uh, obviously Shinsei Nakamura, he's struggled to have that style um, translate to the WWE. Right. Uh, is it a popular style? Like, um, it's popular now. It's popular now because you see a lot more like forearms and submissions. You see a lot more striking, but it's just like, but even with New Japan now, they've um, adapted to the Western style of professional wrestling. But it's just like, um, it is popular now. So it's just like you'll see guys working snug. You see guys throwing a forearm. You know they're they're getting hit. So if you if you have a match between say um, the match um, from the G1 climax with uh, John Moxley and Tomohiro Ishii, that was pretty much a strong style match with shit all over the place and slams and stuff like that. So it's popular um, as of right now. And um, the thing is, what's cool is it just it 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 um, kind of like uh, peels the curtain back to the um, realism and the um, show showmanism of professional wrestling right and that's one thing uh, you know strong style illustrates i think the most is like the the knock is professional wrestling is fake we don't like it's that not word. it's not because professional wrestling matches are predetermined mm -hmm. nothing they do is fake watch no. watch 
watch Bad Boy Janela's 60 minute match. Right. Like Avengers, can, Avengers can, is fake. Yeah, That's Avengers fake. is fake. That's fake. Um, or if anybody's going to see the Shaw and Hobbs movie. That's fake. That's fake. That's really fake. Um, despite the fact I don't like him, Shane O'Mac jumping off the top of a steel cage and putting someone through the table. Guess what? The gravity. 9.8 meters per second squared for everybody, including professional wrestlers. They're big dudes. They take bumps. It's really intense. And strong style is one, you know, it's a very intense version of that where going into a strong style match, you know you're going to get You're going to get hit. You're going to get, get hit. Yeah. They're not all going to be. We're not going to all like just um, hold the blows and stuff like that. You're going to get hit. And the thing is, what's cool about it is it's just like, it's another, um, it's another, Umbrella, it's under the umbrella of professional wrestling. It's another like niche in pro wrestling, and it's really cool. Like I enjoy it, and um, that's from inside the ring with Xander Hobbs. And that wraps up uh, episode lucky number three. Um, thank you so much for hanging out with us, listening to what we have to say. Make, you, make sure you check us out on VTTR Podcast on the Twitter machine. VFTTR. VFTTR. I'm sorry, podcast. I'm still getting used to all this. I stuff. know there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, letters, but, but on that. Yours truly, Xander Hobbs. Ours truly, this life. There it is. Boom.